everybody. Welcome back to episode 10 of Hedging Happiness. We appreciate you guys, the few, the proud that are still listening. We will continue to grind on. This episode, we kind of have a similar outline. It'll be a little bit of a shorter episode. No guests this week, but we'll go over the week 9 recap and our picks, the week 10 preview. This episode, we're going to do a college football prediction. We're recording on Tuesday, right before the committee gives their official top six. We're going to give our six of what we think they are going to say. So we'll see how close we are with with how we line up with what the committee will give. We'll give our week 10 picks. And then this week, we have a snake draft of the best video games of all time. So, Luke, first of all, welcome back from Vegas. How was your trip? Vegas. Vegas for a bachelor party was exactly what you'd expect. It was very well planned out by my dad, my brother, and my cousin. They crushed it, and I am still in recovery mode. Yeah, Vegas is, it's hard, it's a tough place. When you write it down on paper, you want to, you want to kind of, you you come up with all these days that you, you want to be there for, and the longer you're there, the more you just continue to hurt you continue to hurt and you do realize like you can get so much accomplished within 24 hours at Vegas. You can do everything. And there it's such a hard time frame to get perfectly right. In my opinion, because if you do stay too short, you feel like you're missing out on more potential fun. The longer you stay, you're like, Oh my goodness, I've been in Vegas too long. And now I'm hurt. I'm hurt for the following week. It takes you three, four, or five days to recover from a good Vegas trip. Yeah, once you leave Vegas, I was there. I got there Wednesday. I left Sunday. I, See, when, that's a long trip. Yeah, once you leave, you're just like, get me out of here. And and I will say, like, we didn't jam pack. Like, there were some days that were jam packed, and some days, like Saturday, we watched the majority of the college football and then went out at night. So it was a good balance, I think. The best balance I've had of going out hard and and recovering well let's transition into let's go into our picks first we usually do a recap first but since we're kind of talking vegas and and all that good stuff let's go through our week nine picks you went one and two correct and you hit your lock of the week you're you're finally had a losing week but your locks are hot man they are that game that was the auburn old miss game that game felt very good from the very beginning. I think first drive, Auburn bulldozed down the field, and it just looked like they were they're in the right environment. They're playing at home, and Ole Miss did not have an answer for the run game. Matt Corral kind of got hurt in the very beginning. It just felt like all the stars were aligning, and it was pretty pretty stress free. But I wasn't even close on my other two picks, which was uh, Iowa at Wisconsin, um, Iowa. Oh my gosh, like... Wait, what's going on with them? I I mean, they had... I think they had like two muff punts and turnover fumbles in, the, in their own red zone. Like, it was just... There was no chance that they were going to win that game by doing that. But I also think they have an offense problem. But it's amazing. Like, Vegas had them at plus three, and I thought that was crazy. But it, it turns out... It, it was actually at least they got. Turns the, out it was. It turns out it was crazy. It should have been fifteen. I know, and like I don't understand how 
Wisconsin does, like turns it around like that and just crushes their defense. Like Wisconsin can't do anything on offense. This game was supposed to be low scoring, but anyway, r- very wrong on that one. And then also wrong on Kentucky, which I'm a little bit more surprised by. They are coming off a bye. I like Mark Stoops. I like that team. They came out, they're up, but then I think they're up 10-0 and then just got annihilated to end the game. And as much as I hate that for my bankroll, I love it for Tennessee, who's going to Kentucky. The only problem is I think Kentucky is a very different team at home than they are on the road. So we will see how that goes. But yeah, ultimately ended up one and two hitting the lock. So at least the lock, at least the lock won. Yeah, the locks are supposed to be exactly how your lock game went. Very comfortable, very easy, stress-free, and you kind of know it within the first 10 minutes of the game, whether or not you're on the right side of it or not. That's what we love to see our locks. It's weird. So you had Iowa and Kentucky, two teams that we've talked about a fair amount this year. Uh, Two surprise teams with how they've performed so far. And now they're both doing the same. They're kind of the same exact team in terms of their performances. Start out really hot. People are starting to talk about these teams and, you know, their potential. They've got good teams, and then they start to stumble. I think they're both what they both have three losses now. Or is that Iowa's second loss? Kentucky, I think, is that. Anyways, they, they, they do not look like the team's that we have been accustomed to watching, you know, the last four or five weeks. It's interesting. I'm curious to see kind of what's going on. I know Iowa has been dealing with some injuries, and we've talked about it before how recruiting is everything, right? And teams like Iowa, you get a few injuries, then you have to play your backup guys. Well, what are your backup guys? Are they three stars? Are they, you know, two stars? Are they walk-ons? I think that makes such a big difference throughout the longevity of a season that these teams, like in Iowa, like Kentucky, they just can't compete with Ohio State, with Georgia, with Alabama. And I don't know. For what we thought we saw or we're going to see this year, it certainly feels like we're going to see the same teams in the college football playoff again, aren't we? They're deep, right? Like, like I think I think you're exactly right these teams can have injuries to even their like quarterbacks or look what Oklahoma did with substituting out their the Heisman front runner to start the season and they replace him with a guy who looks like he could have won the Heisman if he were playing the whole season so I think you're exactly right either you have to recruit at the level of these teams or you have to get lucky on the injury front but if you if you don't recruit you got to stay healthy absolutely Anyways, I went two and two. My Michigan game felt really good for three quarters, and then they completely butchered it. It's like that's a classic Jim Harbaugh game where they have everything look so good, and yet he can't win when it matters. He can't win the fourth quarter. He loses another big game. He's in trouble. He is in big trouble because at the end of like. As good of his as good as his teams are, which I think they're okay. I think they're all, I think they're respectably good, right? They're not great. They're just good. But it doesn't matter. The boosters want to see them beating rivals, and that's Michigan State and Ohio State. And he just hasn't been able to get it done. 
Anyways, that game lost. We'll recap that game next. My Cincinnati game, I'm done with these guys. Another <laughs> close cover. I was wondering when that was going to happen. Like, That's two weeks in a row yeah, they haven't done it for you. I'm done with these guys. I thought the logic made sense. Like They, you know, they need to blow teams out, and they're not doing it. So I'm done with Cincinnati. And then uh, my double lock, both of them hit. Georgia's my safe team. They're, they're my comfort food. Whenever I can't see anything, I can't see the board clear, I just go to Georgia and I go to the team total under for the other team. I go to the game under because I, I'm telling you, their defense is so, so good that it, it, I th- they've been hitting at a remarkable rate this season. Double lock, though, that one feels awesome. Two and two, you know, 500, we'll take it and we'll, we'll see how week 10 goes. The recap, though, why don't you talk about the Georgia-Florida game? We were talking about it before the show a little bit, and um, it, it was it seemed like a very crazy game. So why don't you talk about it? Yeah, so I was – honestly, the first half up until the last five minutes or so went how I think a, a game could go for Georgia if their offense isn't clicking. They're up 3-0. It's a field position battle miss field goals it's going to come down to who makes mistakes and Georgia didn't make any mistakes and Florida up until the five minute point in the second in the second quarter didn't make mistakes but then just an avalanche of mistakes and it it's very clear that this Georgia team is going to pounce on any mistake that you make and it's it's a fumble in on your own 10 yard line it's a pick six it's another pick and suddenly you find yourself a game that should have been 3-0 at half, now 24-3, and it's over. Like at halftime, it was, it was amazing. Like there was, if that if that Georgia team gets up any number of points, like ten points. That was that was going to be my question when you're like, how many points does Georgia need to be winning to have the other team feeling there? There is no chance we can come back on this team. Ten, ten seems about. Ten realistic. does seem right. I just because I don't see it being this high-scoring affair where Georgia scores 35 or thirty-five, and another team scores 40. You know, it's if Georgia gets up 10, they're probably going to keep teams, if they play them in a college football playoff, they got to keep them under 30, right? Even if they play some of these high-powered offenses. So I think if they get up 10, then their defense start gets to play a little bit more risky. They get to be a little bit more aggressive, and, and that's when they, you know, when the tires come off for these other teams. The crazy thing is you say 30, and yeah, I don't think you're wrong. That's that's probably a fair number, but that's almost double the highest total points they've given up this whole season, which I think is 17, I, I think, which is just stupid. That's, that's such a stupid number in college football, especially with the offenses that we see in modern-day college football. They gave up 13 to Kentucky and 13 to South Carolina. And, like, those games were 30-13 and 40-13. And they gave up touchdowns at the very, like, very late. Yeah, so have they played a high-powered offense yet? Maybe Auburn, which they only gave up 10 points to? It's not going to happen for the rest of the season. They're They're... Schedule is going to be very easy. It's Missouri at Tennessee, Charleston Southern, and at Georgia Tech. So the next game's Alabama, and the next game's next two games after that are going to be college football playoffs. So 
it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see how they string together a few big games, especially if they get down. They still haven't gone down in games, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I agree. I, they, they're kind of refreshing to watch, though, because it is so different. We're used to seeing, you know, Joe Burrow and Tua and Mac Jones, and now we just – I could name three people on Georgia's offense, and I'm, I'm okay with it because their defense is so good. It's actually somewhat – it's very different to watch, but it is, you know, somewhat entertaining. Anyways, uh, we got two more games. I'll take the Penn State – at Ohio State game, this one was probably, if you're a Buckeye fan, a lot closer than you wanted it to be for a decent portion of the game. But also, if you're a Buckeye fan, you have to be happy with where your team's at right now. I think they're trending up at the right time. We've talked about it. They faltered against Oregon. But that game seems almost like it was last season especially with how Ohio State is playing. I think they have so much talent on this team. I would not want to play them in the college football playoff. If I'm Georgia, if I'm Bama, whoever's in there, I wouldn't want to play Ohio State. I don't think they are better than Georgia, but I have a hard time not putting them as the second-best team potentially right now. I think there's a real argument to say that they are the second-best team in college football. I don't know how you feel about that. I I don't disagree from like I think in order to it in order to win the national championship I think you have to have top recruiting which makes me think that Michigan State really doesn't have a shot and it's going to be Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State still Ohio, for Ohio State they've scored at a minimum 35 or 33 points it was just last week but every other game has been higher so like if their offense is clicking, and I think that is the recipe to win the college football playoff, especially when you're probably going to have to play Georgia, you need your offense clicking. And if your defense gives up some points, you know, so be it. But I think it's just going to be an outscoring the other team type of situation. And I agree, like, they probably, I mean, the spread was what, 19 and a half? Some, is that right? 19 and yeah, a half? Yeah, just close. 18 and a half, 19 and a half around that ballpark. Yeah, and it was a much closer game, especially towards the end. But. They're at home. They have the better players. They probably have a better coach. They, they pulled it out, and that's what they're going to have to do. If they went out, I don't care if it's by one point for the rest of their games, they're going to make the college football playoff. Their schedule is very difficult to finish, and that only bodes well for them. I think they would much rather have that hard schedule because I think they are confident that they will beat whoever and – beating Michigan, Michigan State, maybe Iowa, or Wisconsin, right? I, I mean, doesn't Wisconsin might be in first now, but that's only going to help them. And like you said, if they win out, it's going to be hard to put a one-loss team, one-loss Ohio State team who lost week two out of the playoff. I think that's a, it's a very, very difficult um, decision to make, but I, I don't think they'll be out of the playoff. But anyways, the last Big Ten game, why don't you talk about it a little bit? We can both talk about it. Number six, Michigan at number eight, Michigan State. Yeah, so I woke up because I was in Vegas. This game started at nine. So I woke up a little after and I turned it on and Michigan, I think, was up 30 to 13. Like it was a complete blowout. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, Jim Harbaugh's got it. 
you know, he's rolling. And then just the way they let it go, it's not a good look for him, especially when the on the other sideline is Mel Tucker, who's in his first year at Michigan State. It, I mean, with a very very average team. Yeah, I mean, what I what I've seen is Mel Tucker went and got like did really well in the transfer portal, but like you shouldn't be able to like. Why couldn't Jim Harbaugh get those guys? Or why doesn't Jim Harbaugh have better guys than, you know, transfer portal guys? It's just not a good look for him. And if they go, this is like the situation that some some programs get in. is like Jim Harbaugh could easily go 10-2 and two to end the year, not make the Big Ten championship game. But, like, do you fire a 10-2 and two coach? <laughs> like, it, it can, just from experience, Tennessee had a coach like that who was like 9-4 and four and people like freaked out and fired him. And now, 20 years later, we're still struggling. You know, like there are other Florida states in a very similar situation. And so, do you risk it if you're Michigan and fire Jim Harbaugh to go and try and get someone big? I, I think the answer, honestly, is if you have someone lined up, you do it. If you don't, then you just stick with it until you find the guy. But it's a tough situation to be in. Yeah, and I'm not sure. what is, Does he have one more year left on his deal? Uh, yeah, I think they renewed it for a year or maybe two. Yeah, and it, it, it's such an interesting dilemma, right? It's can you find a better coach? Maybe. I don't know. I think he's a really good coach. Right, because there's only a handful of good coaches. He's for sure a top fifteen coach. I think that's fair to say, in the in all of college football. But does Michigan accept being a top fifteen, a top twenty program? And I think that's where the answer is no. And you start to get antsy, and you start to look for other options. And then, you know, unless you do have a big splash or maybe a young guy that you know say i know joe brady won't come back to college he'll probably get an nfl job but if you get you know a young name like that who can turn around but it certainly seems like once they transition from harbaugh it seems like it's only a matter of time they're gonna kind of go through a whole nother rebuild with whatever coach they bring in they're in a very weird situation right now where they're almost in limbo where they can't break it into the top 10 consistently they're usually not out of the top 20 they're just kind of stuck they're stuck at being good not great and it's a very tough decision to make on do you keep Harbaugh do you let him go but he certainly blew it I'll be honest though I came out of this game more impressed with Michigan State and I think that's partly because my expectations for him or excuse me for Michigan State were so low I dogged on them all podcast last week. I said they're the I said they're the biggest frauds that we've ever seen from an eight seed, and they made me eat my words. I, that Kenneth Walker guy is a baller. He is the real deal. If you're a Wake Forest guy, did, did he transfer from Wake? Yep. You got to be very upset, especially with Wake how Forest. Wake looks right now, right? An undefeated Wake Forest team. I think they're number eleven. You you got to be. Super, super annoyed with that one because, you know, obviously they haven't lost, but how much better could that offense be if they had Kenneth Walker? And I don't know, maybe it's because of the type of offense they run, they're a little more pass heavy. I don't know what it is, but 
What I do know is Kenneth Walker the third is very good at football. Do you think I'm gonna put you on the spot? Do you th- give me your top three Heisman finalists? Oh, I like that. Great question. <laughs> <clears throat> top three Heisman finalists, I think. If they call it's people, they call people to wherever they call to them New York. to New York. Who's there? It's going to be Bryce Young. I agree. It's going to be Kenneth Walker. I think I agree. And it's going to be the D tackle from Georgia. The big ninety-eight guy. Ninety-eight, yeah, ninety-eight. So you are you are three. leaving out big names. You're leaving out would be Matt Corral. Yeah, he's. I'm okay with that. And. Caleb Williams. <laughs> you said it, not Your me. guy. <laughs> I, I think that, might, I mean, there's like no, are there any like real standouts right now? I mean, the fact, I think that D-tackle being there, that's a, a bit of a stretch, right? It's Just Yeah, because... I don't think it'll happen. Although it would be like, it would be fitting in my opinion. Are there any like Right, like someone from Georgia's got to go on it. Ohio State is. Oh, you know, you know who they've could got get Stroud it? and they've got Olave, but I don't know how Olave's been doing. That Wake Forest, that Wake Forest quarterback has been doing really well. Sam Hartman. Yeah, he has been good. He's been very good. He was on that QB one show. Oh, he was. He was yeah, he was. A, he transferred with. I don't know. This is good podcasting, but. He, he was playing his high school ball in like some random field where the grass was up to his calves. It was actually hilarious. And now he's absolutely balling out and, you know, Wake Forest. I think he was on the same, might've been the same one that like Tate Martell was on maybe. Oh, that might, I don't know. Again, great, good podcasting. <laughs> we got a, the analytics <laughs> team's taking a little too much time off. Yeah, no kidding. They, they must've been in Vegas with you. <laughs> But that, that's my three. Do, are, is your list similar or? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's got to be Bryce Young for sure, and I, he's probably the favorite, right? But I'd put in Matt Corral if he can. If it was today, Matt Corral and then Kenneth Walker. I think that game kind of put him on the map. He was good, but that game like put he had like five touchdowns, like something absolutely absurd. I mean, he was. He's been amazing. He, yeah, I, I, I agree. Preface that he's got the. I think he was the second leading rusher in the country. But I, I think he kind of had been slept on. He definitely had been slept on up until two to three weeks ago. And then people started slowly talking about him, like, who is this guy? And then like, whenever you get a primetime or a national televised game against your rival and you, you put on that performance, his odds got bumped into the top three for sure. I don't know officially, but it seems like he would be – the favorite or a runner-up, you know, one one or two at this point. That would be interesting. I kind of like that. Maybe we'll we'll re go well, we'll rediscuss our favorites in a couple weeks because I feel like it is pretty tight this year. Years past, we've had some clear favorites: Burrow, Mac Jones. This year is definitely a little bit tighter. Well, I don't think anyone's quite running away with it. Mac Jones didn't win, so. <laughs> oh, uh, Devonta Smith. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> But that is that Bama team. Yeah, I agree. That was um, like someone from that team was going to win, yes. uh, just because that offense was incredible. Analytics guy, gosh, he's unbelievable. <laughs> I think I'm the the best at just throwing out some stats that aren't <laughs> quite accurate. They're like right, they're right there, 
and I'm just kind of trying to pull something out real quick, and it's just a little bit off, and you're like, nope, that's wrong. Yeah, but if I <laughs> if I just say it, I might say something similar, but when you say it, it just I can hear it sounding wrong, so I can jump on it. Yeah, for sure. When it when you're not thinking it, when you can hear it, yeah, you know right away. Ah, uh, whatever. That's excuse me. Thanks for correcting me. All right, let's let's get into week ten. Week ten is a bit of a dud on paper. It we've got one top twenty-five matchup. That is number twelve Auburn at number thirteen Texas A&M. <clears throat> You're the SEC guy. Let's why don't you why don't you talk about this? <laughs> if you want to, because this think, week's really stinky. I think this one is semi interesting from the perspective of. If if Auburn wins, and that means that it sets them up to play Bama at the end of the year for the birth to the SEC championship game, and I think Auburn would be fair to believe if they beat Bama, go into the SEC championship game and beat Georgia, that they have a re- they would would have a ticket to the college football playoff. So you think so? Yeah. Yeah, with they, two losses. I think if they close the year beating Bama and Georgia, oh sorry, they don't. Okay. Yeah, if they close the year playing Bama and Georgia, let me just let me just get my analytics guy on the phone really quick. They definitely would play Georgia in the yeah championship, right? And then they so yes, because they already they, lost to Georgia. They yeah. already lost to Georgia. They'll play A and M. And then Alabama to close it out. If they beat Alabama and Georgia, I think I would. I mean, you got to put them in, in my opinion. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen, but I think you got to put them in. A and M on the on the yeah. on the same at the same time. If they win, and then they can have Auburn beat Bama, then Bama and A and M have two losses. A and M one head to head against Bama. They could potentially get in to the to the SEC championship. I don't. There's no way they get into the football playoff with losses to Arkansas and Mississippi State. Though. Agreed, agreed. But I think that's Auburn why it makes the better, game. They have better losses. It does. It's kind of like who's the next best team in the SEC West? Auburn or yes, Texas A&M? Exactly. So I think it's like fun from that standpoint. From a like, there's a total... lot of implications like you just laid out of who could make it to the SEC championship depending on this game. Yeah, exactly. And that could be, that's always fun. Like the Auburn Bama game, I don't care how much better Bama is, which they're not this year, but even if they are better, that game's always fun. And if Auburn can figure out how to beat AM, I think it becomes a very, very interesting game. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, that's, that, that's the best game of the week. It's the only top 25 matchup, as I said. The next game we have in our preview is number five, Michigan State at Purdue. And I don't know. I don't know why this game's on here. The <laughs> only reason, I mean, this this is a really bad week of college football on paper. We'll see how it goes. That's why I kind of put this game on here, though. Can Purdue pull some of their Purdue magic that they've done to these, you know, the, seems like we, we talked about it when they beat Iowa. When teams start to get into the top five and Purdue's unranked, Seems like they beat these teams just on random days. I don't know if that's going to happen. I just I feel like this is an upset game. It's a it's a buy or a 
what's the right word? Michigan State, you know, it's a trap game for Michigan State. They just beat their rival. Highly emotional game the week before. They go it, you know, on the road to Purdue. It seems like a trap game. It's it's an upset alert game. That will be my take on it. I know we will talk about this game later in our picks, but for me it's I don't know. It's one that Michigan State needs to be careful on. I don't know how you feel about it. Actually, I do know how you feel about it. We will talk about it in our picks later. Let's transition on to kind of our a new segment again. This will probably be a one-and-done thing. Like I said, we're recording on Tuesday. College football committee, are they're releasing their rankings today, and we wanted to put our rankings and try to match them up with how uh, the committee views the teams, and we'll see who has a better list that matches up with the committee. Let's start with the number six team. We're going to do you know the last two out first. Is that fair? And yeah. then we'll each get we'll each give the six team first. Yeah, I and like then it. we'll kind of we'll we'll go all the way up. I'll go first then. All right. <clears throat> so I think, and this is again, this is what we think the committee will do. At number six, I think it's going to be Ohio State. As I mentioned, I think they are one of the best teams in football, just behind Georgia. I think the eye candy, they've looked really, really good the last four or five weeks. I think the committee just sees that. They see the talent. They see that they're clicking. That's why I got them at number six. All right. I got I have Oregon at number six because I think that will play – I think their game against Ohio State at this point in the season before Ohio State plays the rest of their schedule will play a role in the initial rankings. And so I have Ohio State next man into the top six and Oregon at number six. I kind of want to do something here because I was clicking around ESPN and I saw the rankings. So don't look. Don't look. Because I want it to be interesting. (laughs) We were both wrong on the number six team. Okay. If you were to go again and guess again, who would you guess is number six? We were both wrong. Number six, it's Alabama. It is Notre Dame. Cincinnati. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They are done. They're dead. They're so (laughs) dead. dead. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Completely agree. They're out. They're out. They have nothing they can Holy. do to get in now. Like, oh, they need teams to lose now. I mean, they need teams to lose like twice almost. Well, okay. Yeah. Oklahoma needs to lose once. That I guess that Michigan. St- Holy. Oh wow. Yeah. All right. Well, that this is fun because now we're gonna see how good our lists are. Yeah. So, okay. So go to your number. Well, actually, our number fives are the same. Number fives are the same. With that knowledge, my whole list would change immediately. But let's stick to what we had initially Agreed. planned. We both had Alabama. There's no way they're number five. I but. agree. It, number five is Ohio State. Yeah, uh, I kind of like how we're doing this. Now, number five is Ohio State. That makes sense. I, wow. Okay, let's keep, let's keep plugging along. Keep plugging along. Number four, I had Oklahoma. Yep, I had Cincinnati. You had Cincinnati. So you this making my Cincinnati pick look awfully, <laughs> awfully smart. And the number four team is, on the rankings is... Who do you think? Just give me your guess now. Um, Oklahoma. Oregon. 
No way. Yeah. These guys are drunk. <laughs> These guys are drunk. Dude, oh that, that my means, goodness that gracious. That means Oregon, Oregon's going to make it. They don't play anybody. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go through it. Let's, let's keep going. Number three. That means we have four teams for three spots in the real playoff rankings, right? Yeah. We've got Georgia, who's obviously number one, Michigan State, Oklahoma, and Alabama. Yeah. And I, I, ha- I already know who's not on that top list. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I, do- I mean, it's got to be. Number three, I had Michigan State. You had Oklahoma. I feel pretty good with Michigan State. It's either Michigan State or Alabama. Michigan State's number three. Yeah, so that means number two is Alabama and number one is Georgia. Yeah, how crazy is that? That's insane. So my list to complete it out, number one, Georgia, number two, Cincinnati, three, Michigan State, four, Oklahoma, five, Alabama, six, Ohio State. And mine's Georgia, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Alabama, Oregon. And the real one is Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati. So here's here's my thought process right here. Initial thoughts because we're I'm learning this out right as we speak. You're learning it yeah. as we speak. Cincinnati's dead. Yes, they're dead. They they need miracles to happen. And they got That's they got issues number... with teams behind them too, right? Like there's just so many issues for them to possibly get in. Absolutely, they're dead. That was thought one. Thought two is. Oregon kind of makes sense. Maybe not. I four is way too high in my opinion. Way too high, but it makes sense because I feel like the committee is really trying to emphasize that win over Ohio State, kind of like you yeah. said early. And they're they're going to make them feel good, like, hey, that's why we want you need to schedule some of these tough games because it really means something. I think in four weeks, like when Ohio State beats up these teams, they jump Oregon. There's no way. There's Completely no way they agree. Don't. I think that's the schedule that they have versus Oregon schedule to end the year. Will, will mask what happened earlier in the year, in my opinion. Like, they're not going to let – either both of them are going to make it or we'll, Ohio State will make it. I don't think Oregon makes it over them. Yeah. Thought number three, where where do we gauge this Oklahoma team? Dude, I – they – they still have to play Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and then one of them again. Right, so like the meat of their schedule is still to come. They haven't played anybody to start, and I get, and like, Baylor, I think, right? And Baylor, yes. And so, if see, like it's okay to be. I'd rather be Oklahoma undefeated at seven than Cincinnati undefeated at six. Absolutely, for sure. Would you rather be Oklahoma or Oregon? Oh wait, let's actually let's recap for a second. When I asked you for. Number six, you you said you snuck Notre Dame in there. <laughs> <laughs> I got so hopeful. Notre Dame, Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, no one else can see this, but Luke gave me the, like the surprise eyes, like you won't believe who's at number six, and I I got a little excited after I I said a few guesses wrong. My brain was going, don't don't actually say that Notre Dame out loud. Don't don't say it. Don't say, hold it, back. don't say it. Notre Dame. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> you know I don't. I don't even think I want that. I, I don't. I'm not ready to get hurt again like that. <laughs> oh I, no! Yeah, it's just, actually, it's a hopeful fan. No wait. Who's number number eight? Oh, is God. Oklahoma. So number, Notre Dame's number seven. 
number seven is Michigan. Oh, give me a break. See, that's ridiculous. Interesting. So give, just give give nine and ten now, if you have the list up. It's like not listed. It's I'll give you number nine, though. Uh, Wake Forest, number nine. Uh, number 10. I think it's... This is like, where's this is Where's Independent? Oh, I think Notre Dame's number 8. Number 10. No, Notre Dame's right. 10. You got Notre it. Notre Dame's 10, Wake Forest 9, Oklahoma 8, Michigan 7, Cincinnati, Ohio State, Oregon, Michigan State, Alabama, Georgia. So, that is interesting. It's crazy to me that... So, let's go back to my question. Would you rather be an undefeated Oklahoma team... Or a one-loss Michigan, a one-loss Oregon, and yeah, out of those two teams. Because I actually think the other one-loss teams are quite good. I would rather so. be a one-loss Oregon. I think Oregon's going to win. I, it puts all the pressure on everyone else. Like Oklahoma, <clears throat> Oklahoma, if they go undefeated which I think is harder than Oregon going undefeated. If Oklahoma goes undefeated, I think they're in because... Is it? You would think so, but they're at number eight right now. But three of the teams still have to play each other. Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan. Okay, so say Michigan State goes undefeated. Bama Bama beats Georgia in the playoff, and Oregon wins out. Oklahoma is an undefeated team in a Power 5 conference that's not going to make the playoff, based on these initial rankings. That's insane to me. Yeah, I completely agree because that would mean Georgia, Bama, and Oregon all have a loss, and Oklahoma doesn't. I think, yeah, I think if Oklahoma goes undefeated, they're in. I like these rankings. Are I agree not with like, you. You lose. You the only way to go down is not to lose. You can get jumped, in, in my opinion. Yes, and the, the committee will ultimately say, "Well, they've played. They played better teams at the end of the year. They yes. won." But that's that's ridiculous. Oregon at four ahead of. Oklahoma. It's not like they. I mean, yes, they beat Ohio State on the road. That's an incredible win. But they also lost to Stanford, which is a horrible loss to me. That those cancel each other out. And I don't think it's. I don't think yes. they have. I don't think they have any more, you know, convincing or better wins than Oklahoma. I think the last three weeks, Oklahoma's looked better than Oregon. That it's an interesting list. It's it's a really interesting list. It's so, gosh. So you have. Oklahoma, since we agree, we both agree Cincinnati's out no matter what, basically. Mm-hmm. Alabama at number two with a loss over, Alabama has beaten, I guess Alabama's beaten some teams. That's surprising to me too, though. What if what if Alabama rolls the rest of their schedule and then loses to Georgia in the SEC? I know, I know, exactly. Do they get in two losses at four and then they have to play again? Because they're not going to get in with two losses at three. That's going to be like the biggest question. Completely. I, I, I agree. Again, I do think Alabama's, you know, second best team. I think them and Ohio State, you have an argument for the second best team. And if they lose, they probably, if they lose to Georgia, they probably still should be in the playoff because they are probably the second best team. They're out. I think but, if they lose to Georgia, they're out because they were again, not, they're not yeah. going to have them play each other twice. 
Exactly. I I completely agree. And you can't have them as the three seed because that's doesn't make any sense. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Unless oh, it's see. like a I, very I, close I'm, game. Like if it's like super close and they lose on a field goal, maybe you can like figure it out. How awesome would a back to back matchup like not you know? Oh, dude, Kirby a- Smart would be so mad. Every Georgia fan would be so mad. We beat them, then we got to play them again a month later when right. they have time to prep. Be incredible. I actually kind of want that to happen. Oh, now yeah. that we're I, let's talk it into existence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the uh, oh, it's interesting. So okay, so I'm looking at a tweet that has like the the uh, betting odds. So Georgia is first at plus one ten. Bama is second at plus two eighty. God, that's interesting. That mean that means that they think people think Bama will beat Georgia. Third is Ohio State at plus five hundred. Fourth is Cincinnati at plus three thousand. That's insane. They're they're sixth right now. They think that I guess they think the big. Ten teams beat up on each other. They they think Ohio State gets in, and then oh, and then Cincinnati takes four. I don't know. I don't know. Oklahoma oh, plus twelve hundred. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Still... Not three thousand. It's Ohio State plus five hundred. Then the next best is Oklahoma plus twelve hundred. Okay, that makes more sense. So if you're to rank That's it based a... on odds, Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, which is what we said from the very beginning. I don't even know why we play a season. Yes. Uh, yeah. Clemson would have been on that list preseason, but they <laughs> it does weirdly feel like we're gonna have those four teams yeah. come down to the end of the season. That first list kinda irked me though. It I feel like the committee is trying to make random points that like, oh, we're different than the A P mm-hmm. and like Oregon's win against Ohio State, that means so much we're going to put them at four. Like Oregon is not the fourth best team in the country right now. And people, (laughs) people I've seen like on, uh, on, on the herd, I've seen, is it Joe Klatt talks about like, Oh, it's not just like the Vegas odds to win. It's about like what you've actually done and deserve. And it's like, I kind of disagree. Like if you're the, if you're the favorite, if you're Vegas, like people are betting you like, you're the bet. You should be the best team. Now it's like somewhat situational because certain teams play each other to end the year. But if they are at the end of the season to give us Vegas odds top four, I don't think anyone's going to complain about that because at least the top three teams of that list. Yeah, you know, fourth and fifth can get a little tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have one losses and it becomes difficult to like tell the difference. But yeah, like the Notre Dame Texas A and M a couple years ago last year. Yeah. The, classic example like Notre Dame did everything they went undefeated A&M lost to Bama but they got smoked yeah and it's like who do you know Notre Dame beat Clemson who do, yeah that's where it gets a little tricky interesting interesting what a first top list. 10 what a first list indeed that was a very unplanned segment that <laughs> was actually awesome to just to talk it through because I my mind was blown for a little bit very i got rattled when you said cincinnati six as you can tell when i i knew you weren't gonna like that was gonna be when notre dame was at six i'm actually fine with it now because cincinnati they they stink if they had done well the last (laughs) two games i would be a different tone but whatever let's move on to our picks now 
that that part's over. It'll be fun to track the rankings, how they evolve week after week. Let's go on to our week 10 picks, though. Would you like me to start, or do you want to start? Or do you want... I'll start. We should say it in unison. Okay. I don't know how we do that. It's number 12, Auburn at number Auburn 13. Auburn plus four and a half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We both we both had the same pick. Again, you're the SEC guy. You talk it through. I don't even need to say much. I think Auburn's a, a good team, and I think A&M hasn't really run into one of those since it's the Bama game. And I'm not. I just. I. It's tough for me to be convinced that this A&M team is any good. And I, and I get four and a half points. Like Auburn hits a, is up by a field goal, and I feel amazing because I I have some cushion. I think. Like whatever, say whatever you want about Bo Nix. Like it's not that's not the reason I like Auburn. Their defense is fine. They just played Matt Corral and, and were able to stop him like reasonably well. And their running game is phenomenal. They match up well with A and M from a recruiting standpoint. And I like I like their coach. I don't like Jimbo Fisher. I get it. They're playing at A and M, but I this A and M team I think is uh, riding high from their. Bama win and about to come back to earth. Yeah, I'm not going to say much. I, I just don't really think A&M is that good of a team. I feel like, again, we are, we've got the goggles on from that Alabama performance, and we view Texas A&M as a much more competitive team, a better team than what they actually are. So I, I agree with you. I'm on Auburn. My love is... Georgia, number one Georgia, versus Missouri. The line on this game, I believe it's a 38-point spread. The over-under is 60. Both very high numbers, especially for a Georgia game, even the over-under. And that is why my pick is under 60. I don't have a ton to say, but I just feel like when it comes to Georgia games... Unders are a safe bet. They are capable, they're actually not capable of putting up 60 themselves, but they are capable of holding Missouri to zero points. You almost need and to be more worried about George's defense scoring, not Missouri's Too many points, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I don't, I want to root for no silliness on the defensive, like, I completely agree. There is a... Well, I don't know. What would you honestly put it at? A 10% chance that Georgia's defense could score more points than Missouri's? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. What do you think the over-under is for Missouri's total points? Well, if it's it's 30, so it's 19, so it's 11. Nine and a half. Which yeah. is like that's I think, stupid. But if you get that's if so you get stupid. Georgia's special teams defense, you t- I think, I think that's like a pretty like interesting it's, it's, line, it's, a money it's, line. It's bet. way it's <laughs> way too close than what it should be. Yeah. Like it's way it's way too close than what it should be. Anyways, but that's kind of my. I've got under sixty. I don't think. I think the defense will always play well. I don't think there's really a letdown spot for defenses. I do think this could be maybe like a letdown spot for the offense where they don't they don't come out flying. They they had a big win against Georgia. Those games are always rowdy on that neutral field. That was like their big, big game. Now they kind of have Missouri. They have, like you said, an easy schedule to finish the year. 
I don't think the offense goes for the jugular. jugular. I think they put up 30 points maybe, 35, 37. And once they get ahead, they start running the ball. It's like a 37, 34 to 37 game, you know. It's it's going to be a blowout, but also the spread is way too high to take 38, but 60 seems way, way too high for an under-Georgia game. I don't like this, by the way. And I, they, it's weird because they've been very good to me, but I've been betting a lot of unders this year. Like a lot of unders, and I don't, I don't like it. But they've been good to me, so I, I I'm gonna keep rolling with them, I guess. Anyways, that's my pick. Pe- Georgia under. People who people who bet unders die young. Just too much stress. <laughs> the nice thing is, when I bet the unders, usually I will have a game, so I don't even get to watch them, which is the best case scenario. Completely agree. Completely. I don't. I don't have to deal with the stress. Or with George's case too, they do the games that I do see. Their defense is so good that it's so comfortable. Yeah, which you, is awesome. you maybe give your phone a quick glance at halftime and realize you're making yeah. money. Yeah, they, um, they are uh, betting unders are hard to watch live though. That I will agree with that. My my love is the Michigan State at Purdue game, and I love this game even more now that Michigan State is number three. The line is Michigan State minus three at Purdue. And I think what's happening is Purdue's kind of shocked a couple teams. They beat Iowa 24-7, and then they beat Nebraska. But it seems that if Michigan State can beat Michigan, that their running game is, is legit and their defense is good. I just don't see a, I don't see them letting up here. Like... It's it's almost like a refreshing moment, right? Like I, I don't know, like when we were playing, what was it? The was it the API poll? What was it? Where it was like based how RPI the, RPI, and like when you would play every game and there you'd get ranked, but then when the RPI came out, that was like this is where we stand. This is what we got to do, and I feel like that provides a refresher and a more of like a um, like reset for Michigan State even after that big win. And so I think they go into Purdue and they're like, okay, we're in college football playoff mode. Like, we control our own destiny. Let's not slip up here. We have some big games coming up. So I have Michigan State minus three. Yeah, they certainly are the better team. Is it a trap game? Is it not? If it's not a trap game for them and they are prepared and it's not a letdown game, they will smoke Purdue. But Purdue is a – they're tricky, man. They're tricky. Playing at Purdue, I don't know what it is. They are a tricky team, but it's that—that's one of those lines where whatever your your theme was a few weeks ago, the too good to be true line. Yeah. That's a too good to be true line. I agree. It's exactly what that is. What do you got for your lock? My lock, and it this one also looks good now, is number seven Oregon <laughs> at Washington. Same and logic. Number four Oregon now. We got to change yeah. our rankings. The line is Oregon minus six and a half. And the reason I liked this game before the college football playoff rankings came out is that when I I watched Washington play Arizona, and Arizona is like one of the worst teams in college football. Washington is so bad. Like terrible. If Oregon doesn't win this game by 20 plus, I will be shocked. Like this is, you know, like sometimes you say, oh, well, they why should you, be out of the top 10. Yeah. Like why don't you take an alternate line if you're feeling so like, this is one of those where like, I might take an alternate line because this is just going to be 
This could be Oregon 50, Washington 15. Like, I think it's going to (laughs) be... I don't understand what this six and a half line is. Like, it's absolutely absurd. Like, there might be, like, an injury that I don't know about or COVID. Honestly, I don't care. Washington struggled with Arizona. Oregon's going to mop the floor with them. Uh, Just stay tuned next week. If We'll come back and... Revisit. (laughs) Yeah, we'll revisit and... You know, if they win by 35, you look like a genius. And, you know, if they don't, maybe it's a too-good-to-be-true line. And I, I would love to hear your rationale. Obviously, I'm rooting for you, though. Thank you, sir. Go Ducks. Go Ducks for that scenario. My lock, number 14, Baylor at TCU. The line is Baylor minus 6.5. And, and that is also my pick, Baylor minus 6.5. TCU just fired Gary Patterson, their head coach who had been there for years. I am shocked at that firing, by the way. It it seems ridiculous. I cannot believe it. This guy has a statue in front of TCU Stadium. Like, the number of jobs that he turned down to stay at TCU, and now they're firing him. It makes me think, like, something shady is going on. Like, he did something that they, they said, okay, resign or get fired, and we won't let it out. But, like, him getting... If he got... If he actually got fired because of performance like who does TCU think they are like that's the question right TCU is exactly what they are because of Patterson yeah because Patterson's a good coach such a bad fire he'll get a job he'll get a job very quickly if he wants to continue to coach yeah I I completely agree he's a a great coach I just that's part of my reasoning I think Baylor has a really really good coach and a coach that by the end of the year and going into the next season is going to start getting a lot of buzz. I don't uh, – I'm blanking on his name. He's the defensive coordinator at LSU in that national championship season. And Baylor was not supposed to be good this year either. And yet he's made them into a top 15 program. And they they are a tough, tough team. I, I think they just might be kind of sneaky good and TCU – I'm not going to buy into the hype of a coach getting fired and then, you know, the guys getting amped up to play for the interim coach. I think Patterson had a bunch of respect at that school. I think TCU is going to be a, a little deflated for with sure. his exit. With his exit, because I do think he's so well-respected. Baylor, I don't know. I think this will be a game close to the line. I don't think this is like this alternate line game that you were talking about with Oregon. <laughs> But I do think Baylor wins by a touchdown. It seems like they've been winning their games by touchdowns. I hope this week is no different. Baylor minus six and a half. We'll see. I, I, they're, they're a weird team because they've been slowly pushing along. They only have one loss. That was to Oklahoma State. But we'll see. Those are our picks anyways. Those are week 10 picks. We're going to finish the show. Snake draft, best video games. I... I'm going to float this out here. I feel like I should go first because you you went first last time. It's fine. We're doing four again, right? Four picks. Four picks, just the two of us. Best video games of all time. Number one. I think I know what you'll pick. Really? It's it's tough because I'm going to leave one of them off my list. I could put both of them on for sure, but I'm only going to go one. Oh, you're not going to pick what I wanted. Good. That is Mario Kart. Okay, good. Number one. 
I was in between another one, but I don't feel good about putting both of them on the list just because they're somewhat, you know, they're, they're similar. Mario Kart, number one overall pick. Okay, I'm going to take second overall pick, the Pokemon initial franchise, so like red, yellow, blue version, Game Boy game. That's like, that's like when I think of playing video games as a kid, like in the car on long, like, or drives to soccer and you're like trying to get to you know first of all when i played pokemon like i don't know understand how people play pokemon and don't use like a guide right like how how do you figure out some of these <laughs> things like it's like you're in the, the like the dark cave what's the cave called I, i'll be honest i i was letting you go off i had never really got into pokemon and i know pokemon is a incredible game i've played it even a few times and it was always really fun but i never really got into it i was i was like a huge mario franchise guy you also had older brothers which i think probably played a role right like that was probably what they're into um okay so that's that's number two pokemon number three number three overall we're gonna go with uh duck hunter the the, on the is that is that a video game or is that like the arcade game? It's the art. Well, it's like an arc. It's on the Nintendo, and so you had like a little orange gun. You'd play like on the TV. I think I know exactly what you're talking about, and I believe we had one. That was a tough game to get set up, but it was a ton of fun once you were picking ducks off out of the air. It was a game before its time, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, so I mean, du- it, it's, it, it's essentially was Big, Bu- uh, Big Buck Hunter before Big Buck Hunter. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's a good pick. I never would have thought of that. <laughs> never would have thought about that. Interesting. I like it. Um, back to me. I got two now. I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with my N64. I'm going to go The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. <laughs> Ocarina of Time. That game was epic. I, I, I think that might be one of the best games ever. The story mode, insane. It was ridiculously long. See, I never played... I played Zelda, like, a very, very little bit. It was it was very long, the story mode. But I think that's what made it... You, you had to continue to play it to beat it. Zelda. And... Ooh, man, this gets tricky. I'm going to go into i believe it was xbox 360 the call of duty 4 modern warfare i used to play this game in high school with my friends after school all the time i believe this was the one of the second or third versions of zombies and they had like the theater it's called like kino or something (laughs) unbelievable game you don't want to get caught in a zombies game too late because those things go on forever but that game was incredible. Call of Duty Four. Modern I'm glad. I'm glad one of. I, I was never gonna pick it. I never really played it. I was hoping you did because otherwise, like the ridicule. I feel like you ought to have Call of Duty on the list. Yeah. Like, just I'll I'll go ahead and say it. Like, I'm not gonna put Halo on my list. But like, if you could do that, that would make us look a little. Better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll think about it. Okay. Um, number six overall. Gonna go with. Donkey Kong, and I'm talking like Super Nintendo Donkey Kong. 
like original. The latter one film. where he throws the barrels. Yeah, yeah, he throws the barrels. Like Diddy pops out. You know, they walk around together. So I, I had Donkey Kong sixty four on my list, which was like the Crazy World game. I don't know if you ever played that, but no. in that game, they had the you had to beat the Donkey Kong Super Nintendo version of it in that game, which oh, I thought no was an interesting touch. Yeah, that was my Donkey Kong. I remember getting it for Super Nintendo for Christmas, and Donkey Kong was the first game. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. And now when you like, if you go on YouTube and type in Donkey Kong, like Super Nintendo, and you can like see people playing, you're like, they look like little like balls on a screen. Like they're totally un, like undistinguishable from like everything else. It's like horrible graphics. But that was like, that's like. That's your straight, nostalgic pick of your yeah, draft. Yeah, straight childhood, completely, yeah. Because it's the um, first game you're like, oh my goodness, what is this uh, like wizardry? This is, what is so this fun. on my screen. I don't need to go outside anymore. Um, <laughs> so the next game, I feel like it it it's probably not the biggest game. I don't know if it's the most played game or big. I don't know, but FIFA. And the thing I love about this game is that non soccer players love it, and soccer players like not necessarily good at it. Like you try and play tactics, you try and do the right thing, but it's uh. It's like universally loved, and that's like one of the few, especially in the U.S., one of the few th- few soccer things that are like universally loved. So FIFA for number Absolutely. number seven that's, overall. Yeah, and that is one of the, like the best games. You see that the EA Sports and FIFA are they're not in agreement anymore, or something like that. EA or FIFA wanted like a billion dollars. So oh my gosh, like that that franchise is now on the rocks or something. It's it's a little interesting. It's honestly, it was like the best game because like NFL, NCAA, basketball, like they're all long, right? It's like, and it's not continuous and you can like screen watch and, you know, it's a whole bunch of like cheating. FIFA is like one screen and it's just you against them and they're usually like 10 minute games. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's again, I think a list has to include FIFA. My last pick, I, I, I was up for debate, but... It was on my list. I'll, I'll show it to you. But I had Halo Two, and that you you told me to say it. It was actually it's second on my list. Can you see this? Can you see this? Yeah. Yes. Halo Two. Oh, I see. And you had. yeah, Which, is that yeah. One, is that your pick? Halo Two. Halo Two is my pick. My ones I was in between. I didn't have this one on the list, but it was either first one. I was in debates of Mario Kart or Super Smash Bros. I was gonna go one or the other. Mario Kart, I played more, so I went with that. I also had GoldenEye 64, and then I had Donkey Kong 64. I never, I didn't have a, or I didn't have a 64, but I always thought the best, most like iconic, revolutionary 64 game was Super Mario 64. Like, suddenly we're yes. not moving in two dimensions, we're like running around, like 3D objects are everywhere, like, it, like, it, like changed the game. You know, I think that is considered like the best video game of all time for a lot of those reasons you just said. Super Mario sixty four. Like, what is? Yes. What is this color? It was <laughs> what nuts. Is this vibrant color. And it was like right. It was. But, it, did it come out at the same time as the Nintendo sixty four? Was it like a? a it was a bundle. Release? That was like their big. Dude. Yeah, that was their big number one game that they wanted to release. I now believe. you've got like a three-handled controller, like you got multiple but joy joysticks. You're no longer like pad pressing. You know, it just it the was graphics. Yeah, dude, it was it was cool. I didn't even have this N64, and I thought it was cool. 
Yeah, that's all right. Well, Halo Two was my pick, but I, I had a debate. Halo Two was again during the Xbox time. Halo's an epic game. I think I, I didn't even play it all that much. It was more of like I go to a friend's house and play. Yeah, same. And that's I what was made so it bad, awesome, though. though. Uh, I was not great either, but it was so much fun. I had a band roommate at Notre Dame. We like pulled him in at the very end because we needed a six man. And he was like ranked in some one of the COD games. Had like you like you watch him play and it's unbelievable. Yeah. I I I I probably would have died. The only way I was gonna kill him was like if I ran up to him, pulled your grenade, and we both blew up, type of thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just threw throwing grenades in the middle of the map to say, please get someone, please get someone. <laughs> That's awesome. It's funny because Call of Duty was on my on my list, right? And I, I was pretty good at a Call of Duty four game, but I play with. It's always more fun to play with people, and they re came out with that game maybe three or four years ago when you know, Max Lakowiecki, former you know former guest that we had on the podcast, he was in Salt Lake with us, and he never really played it that much as a kid, so I would go around. You know, I was shooting people, and Max was notorious. He would just be sitting right behind the corners, <laughs> just people around the pile. He shoots them, and he gets so excited. He would, I would finish a game. Let's say I would go like twenty kills and you know fifteen deaths, or I don't even know. Those aren't like great numbers. His numbers would always be like six kills and four deaths, <laughs> just a third of everything. <laughs> he just sits behind a sits behind a wall the whole time. Dude, funny story about Max. Recent story. Uh, when we were in Vegas, I think Grant Grant told me that Max was in Vegas for like soccer. So I was like, "Oh, dude! Like we're about to go to Omnia like nightclub at Caesar's Palace. Like you should definitely come." So he like shows up, but he's like he's like one of the only people in full costume because it was like the night before Halloween, and he shows up to like we had a table and we're we're talking or whatever. I'm like giving a hug or whatever, and my cousin, I think it was my cousin. Johnny, like, he was Elton, or sorry, he was John Lennon. So he had, like, the hair and kind of hippie clothes on. And I, you know, stopped talking to my turn to Johnny, and Johnny's like, dude, why, why are you letting the tranny at our table steal our alcohol? And I'm like, no, dude, that's, that's Max, man. That's, it's all good. That's Max, man. Max is the tranny. That's awesome. He sent me a picture when he was in Vegas, and I, I let him know. I was like, oh. You're in Vegas? No way. I was like, Luke's bachelor party is there. Like, you should text him. Yeah, we we saw we met up like in the first, only time I saw. Dude, I actually like ran in, literally ran into him because I didn't recognize him, and I guess I was walking fast, so he didn't see me. Literally ran into him. I turn around and like I can kind of like see it, and he's like, Mish. I'm like, Max, Max. <laughs> That's awesome. Whoops. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, ma'am. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, ma'am. Excuse me, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's great that's again we great podcasting this week <laughs> with all our stories uh, i think that's probably that's a great story to finish on what do, you, what do you say i agree and funny we said this episode was going to be shorter and it's probably one of our longer ones yeah we we, we went off the rails a little bit but it was fun it was fun to kind of just vent vent about the college football rankings and all that good stuff but Let's let's end it there. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. That is it for week 10. 
I do think, I think we said maybe we'll have a guest on this week. It didn't work out. We are hoping to bring back uh, my brother Mike for next week's show. So hopefully we can get that to work and, and we'll, we'll actually talk some real football when he's on the show. But as always, thank you everybody for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. See you next week.